0: Hello, and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays, a weekly series all about multi-level marketing, pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, and get-rich-quick schemes. My name is Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about an MLM or a multi-level marketing company that definitely is not as famous as Lularo, Herbalife, Young Living, or many others we've covered before. Yet, apparently they've made almost $4 billion of revenue in 2018. So you know I had to dig just a little bit deeper and find out what is this MLM and what is it actually doing? So today we're going to be discussing Forever Living Products International, otherwise known as Forever Living. So let's get right into it. As always, we're going to start with the company history. Forever Living is an aloe vera company. Their products are aloe-based, meant to be natural and promote health and wellness. You get the idea. They're very much a part of that natural trend that's become very common, especially within MLMs. Rex Mohan founded Forever Living back in 1978, so they've been around for about 40 years now. I wanted to take a look into what Rex is about because, hey, even MLMs have to get the benefit of the doubt when possible. Sometimes they do start off as legitimate businesses and then the founder takes a step back and things go awry. You know the deal. Unfortunately, this is not the case here. Rex grew up on an Idaho ranch before attending BYU. He graduated with a degree in accounting. However, Rex is also Mormon. I swear the link between Mormonism and MLMs is strange. It's fascinating, but it's strange. I'm probably gonna have to look into that at some point. Now, I'm also not saying that being Mormon automatically means that you will be into MLMs, but the amount of MLMs within or that thrive around Mormon communities, is a, it's just a strange correlation, if anything. Rex and his wife, Ruth, are now on the National Advisory Council for BYU Marriott School of Business, which I find a little bit frustrating considering that the business in question that they operate is in the business of scamming people, but I'm gonna try not to get too far ahead of myself here. All in all, there's not a ton of information about the company's earliest days or Rex himself, but from what I can tell, this was never a fantastic business gone wrong. It was an MLM from the start. As for Young Living, Rex and his company acquired Aloe Vera of America. AVA is located in Texas, whereas Forever Living is in Arizona, but they're owned by the same people. All in all, there's four companies within this umbrella of an MLM, you could say. Forever Resorts, a resort company that Rex began in 1981, Forever Living Plantations, which is said to be the largest aloe vera plantation in the world, aloe vera of America, and Forever Nutraceutical, the health or supplement branch of this. There's a lot to get into today, as I'm sure you can tell just based on the sheer size of this company alone. But before we get into the lawsuits and the controversies, let's talk about the products. According to their website, some of Forever Living's best-selling products are their lip balm, their super greens, and this thing called Aloe First Spray. Since as of writing this, these three were the top-selling products, this is what I wanted to look at first. So we're gonna start with this wax. Honestly, there's nothing special or wrong with it at a first glance. It's just a chapstick for $3. It's not too hard to find similar products for $2 instead of three, but this isn't some horribly overpriced item either. They do also have an ingredient list if you scroll down and... Thank you for that. I I know this is not a common thing to see ingredient lists anymore when I'm looking through these things. And aloe is also listed as the first ingredient, so they're still holding true to that as well. Thank you, Casper, for the shakes of excitement. I know it was very exciting to see an ingredient list. There's a ton of other things in it as well, and that's to be expected. I don't think most people would just want to put straight up aloe on their lips, but when I kept scrolling, I saw these two little certifications at the bottom. One was an M in a crescent moon, and the other says KL with little stars next to it, and I have no idea what those are. Those are not FDA certification marks or anything like that, so maybe this is some incredible aloe seal of approval I'm not aware of. Well, when I clicked on the symbols, it just brought me straight back to Forever Living's shopping page. So that was kind of weird. I I don't know if those little symbols mean anything and maybe I just totally missed it or they redirected it wrong or something, but that was just strange. Their $18 aloe spray had the same thing along with a seal that says International Aloe Science on it. And first of all, you can definitely buy aloe gel in a pharmacy for much cheaper than this. And yes, in a spray as well. So this product just reads as overpriced to me and nothing more. Secondly. What are those certifications? There's no information about them whatsoever, and it looks like they're just placed there to look more legitimate. So I decided to take a screenshot of the KL one and reverse image search it, and another site called Aloe Nature popped up, which actually does explain these things. The KL means it's kosher, and the certified seal is from the International Aloe Science Council. Rex is an honorary member there. So I guess you could either view this as him having some fantastic quality aloe or the IASC is saying this because they like him. Regardless, it rubs me the wrong way when someone that depends on, or at least wants their seal of approval is also kind of chummy with the board. As for the M, it's a halal certificate. And to be honest, I'm not entirely clear on why an aloe spray would have these certificates in the first place, like the kosher and the halal one. Since I believe both of those terms have to do more with how food is prepared than anything, it's just a little weird to me, but it just makes me wonder, like, is it there to make the product seem more legitimate? Like, I don't think aloe is not going to be not kosher. I don't know, it just, to me kind of feels like this is just putting labels on there to put labels on there. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But if I'm not wrong, this just, that's what it feels like to me. The last product of their top three bestsellers is an absolute joke. It's called Super Greens. It's literally just a lot of powder packets of plants and vegetables for $30 and that's it. You're supposed to mix it with water and drink it, but it genuinely just sounds disgusting. I'm not opposed to spinach or vegetable drinks or fruit drinks. Like, I really love a good carrot and ginger juice. Like, oh my God, I would kill for that stuff. But when it costs more than going out there and buying the whole food itself, and then you're just getting it in like a dehydrated powder packet form, like, no thanks. I mentioned in the Juice Plus episode why whole foods are better than powdered versions, and that view really hasn't changed. If you want these powdered fruit and veggie drinks, then go for it. I don't think they're necessarily harmful, at least not the way Herbalife is, but calling it super greens and treating it like it's a better way to get fruits and veggies in your diet is just misleading. Not to mention, not only does Forever Living have aloe products, but they've got essential oils too. My favorite. One tiny $23 bottle of oil says it will boost your immunity, which again is super misleading. I'm not saying that essential oils are 100% useless, but the science is not there to support the claim that it boosts your immunity. Those are just buzzwords that MLMs love to use. And honestly, the same can be said of their supplements. Not only is Forever Move $62 for 90 soft gels, which holy fuck, that is practically robbery, but if their statements haven't been evaluated or proven by the Food and Drug Administration, then chances are there is not data to back up these claims either. Anyway, these are not new talking points, unfortunately. For many of you who have been around here or even heard just a couple episodes, you've probably heard this exact conversation happen multiple times and it's getting old, but unfortunately not to these MLMs. And now it's time to take a quick break to pay some bills and thank today's sponsor, Honey. We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us during checkout, but thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from tech and gaming to popular fashion brands and even to food delivery. So the next time you're shopping online, just do your thing. And then when it's time to check out the little honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Recently, I was on Nordstrom and I was purchasing this little, it looks like a cup essentially, but it's this little UV sanitizer and you drop your phone into it and it charges your phone. And it's also like, like I said, it's a UV sanitizer to help like keep your phone clean when I do have to go out in public. And just on cue, Honey dropped down was like, hey, we found eight coupons. Boy, let's check this shit out. And I was like, yes, thank you, Honey. And just like that, it did its thing, saved me a couple bucks, and I was gonna buy the thing anyway. So, you know, getting the coupons was just like an added cherry on top, honestly. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up just missing out on just free money, essentially. And Honey's literally free. It installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and you're supporting me and these episodes. So support yourself and support me too, which is kind of cool. So get Honey for free by going to joinhoney.com MLM. Again, that's joinhoney.com MLM, get Honey for free. It doesn't cost anything to put it on your computer. It's free, it's easy, it just vibes there and it does the hard work for you. So thank you, Honey, for sponsoring today's Multi-Level Monday. So let's take a break from their products and get into the many, many lawsuits Forever Living has had over the years. One of the first and perhaps the most notorious legal battles happened when Rex committed tax fraud. According to my source, Rex is the owner of Aloe Vera of America, AVA, a United States corporation that processes and sells aloe vera products in the United States, Japan, and other countries. Mohan and Yamagata, indirectly through their respective holding companies, are co-owners of Forever Living Products Japan, Inc., a Japanese corporation that purchases products from AVA. In 1991 and 1992, AVA paid commissions and royalty-based income received from FLPJ to Mohan and Yamagata. The Internal Revenue Service was concerned about whether this income was properly reported in the United States. Consequently, on April 26, 1996, the IRS sent a letter to the Japanese National Taxing Authority, proposing that the authorities simultaneously examine the tax reports of AVA, Mohan, Yamagata, and FLPJ. The letter estimate for that tax years, 1991 and 1992, Mohen and Yamagata failed to report commission and royalty income from AVA product sales to FLPJ, totaling more than $32 million. In August, 1996, the IRS and NTA held a meeting to discuss the examination. During this time, Aloe Vera apparently did not know about the examination and did not know that the NTA and IRS were disclosing information to each other. At the end of 1996, the NTA made an audit proposal to FLPJ, which FLPJ rejected. And in early 1997, the NTA sent correction notices to FLPJ regarding its tax liabilities. In February, 1997, the IRS sent letters to Mohan and AVA to propose tax adjustments. Shortly thereafter, on March 4, 1997, Mohan and AVA took the offensive and filed requests pursuant to the Freedom of Information Act, for copies of documents exchanged by the NTA and the IRS during the simultaneous examination. On October 9, 1997, Japanese news source reported that aloe vera had failed to report an income of 7.7 billion yen at the time, approximately $60 billion US to tax authorities. The Japanese reporters attributed this information to unidentified tax sources and the IRS. So to basically summarize what happened here, in the late 90s, the IRS was like, hey, you guys weren't paying taxes. Rex and FLPJ rejected their audits and just kind of tried to get away with it. The IRS released their information and FLPJ said, hey, you can't do that, that makes us look bad. And it wasn't until 2015 that this case was officially ended. And yeah, you heard that right, 2015. In 2002, Forever Living grudgingly complied with the IRS and in 2015, an Arizona judge awarded three of the plaintiffs in this case $1,000 each because they found that the IRS was wrong to release the information they did. No one really won out in this case, but it does prove that Forever Living was hiding millions of dollars worth of income and that's not a great look, but it's far from the only legal issue they've dealt with. In Hungary, they were fined at 60 million HUF, around $280,000 for the false claims their distributors made. Although this was back in 2004, I have no doubt their distributors make similar claims to this day. It's one thing we constantly see distributors getting in trouble for. This source had around 90 individual problematic claims listed, so I'm just gonna read off a few so you can get a sense of what happened here. And I apologize in advance because this page was Google translated, so some of the wording might seem a bit off, but I think it still gives you the general message of what was happening. In the meantime, my sister's vision has been steadily deteriorating. We panicked and dreaded my sister getting blind all the time. Dr. Marija suggested that my sister use activator drops. He proved that he believed in the healing effect of the product by dropping it off from the activator into his own eyes in front of all of us. He advised me to drop it in front of my sister in my own eyes if I wanted to convince myself that my statement was correct. I followed his advice. After three months, my sister saw it improved so much that the ophthalmologist prescribed prescription glasses for him and postponed surgery. I love aloe because it helped me too. I haven't had strawberries for four years. More importantly, I avoided the surgery. All my health problems are solved by aloe. I don't even have to go to my GP anymore." I don't know what strawberries has to do with this. That might've just been a mistranslation, but that is what the translation said, so I'm sticking with it. But the more important thing to take away here is obviously the story of using aloe and suddenly not needing surgery anymore for your eyes. This was stated multiple times too, including for an older man that needed hip surgery. They say in seemingly hopeless cases, aloe is there. What makes this especially scummy is because Forever Living knows these people are going to be desperate for solutions. They're willing to try anything to get better. So Forever Living preys upon that. Another one of these instances reads, I received an unusual invitation. Curiosity took me away, not so much from my feet because I had been suffering from multiple sclerosis for three years then, which was accompanied by a panic disorder. By consuming the products with the staff and consumers who joined us, I became asymptomatic by the end of February, 1998." So this person claimed that Forever Living's products cured her panic disorder and sclerosis, or at the very least, she had no more symptoms. And if it's true, fantastic. It's not fair to use testimony not backed by science to promote a product, especially if, you know, they could be lying. I'm not saying that they are, but I'm just saying if there were other symptoms at play, perhaps they were still seeing a doctor, perhaps this, that, and the other thing, we don't know what was happening. This is a very surface level statement with no factual basis to back it up. And yet it's still far from over. The next lawsuit came in 2007 for copyright infringement. The bird that Forever Living uses was copied from the Jonathan Livingston Seagull, according to the lawsuit. Jonathan Livingston Seagull is a book written by Richard Bach in the 1970s, and it hit the bestsellers list at the time. And I'm perfectly honest, I can kind of see it when you look at their logo. I mean, yes, seagulls look very similar. There's no denying that. But when I look at the old logo and the book logo, it's sort of questionable. Like, I guess because maybe seagulls are so basic to begin with, like, sorry, seagulls, I don't mean it that way, but you probably understand. The point is that it's just an outline of an animal and it's so vague and so simplistic that I'm not 100% certain an argument could really be made about this. However, this isn't the only problem Richard Bach had with Forever Living, as he also alleges that they were using stories and excerpts from his book to promote their products. Here's what the lawsuit said. Plaintiffs allege that defendants have used a copyrighted photograph from Jonathan Livingston Siegel as their corporate logo and have used copyrighted excerpts from Jonathan Livingston Siegel and the copyrighted story and character of Jonathan Livingston Siegel in their advertising, promotional, and training materials, in communications with their independent distributors, in their sale and distribution of FLP products, and in the advertising, marketing, and promotion of Forever Resort's recreational properties. Plaintiffs point to three pieces of evidence to support their assertion that FLP's use of name, title, and trade dress of Jonathan Livingston Siegel has created a likelihood of confusion about whether FLP has the endorsement, permission, or approval of plaintiffs to use those marks or some other affiliation or association with plaintiffs. First, plaintiffs point to the declaration of one of FLP's distributors, Sasika Marthurus, who stated, quote, "'As a distributor of Forever Living Products, "'I was aware of the many ways the company referred "'to Jonathan Livingston Siegel the book "'and Jonathan Livingston Siegel the character. "'I assumed, based on the company's frequent use "'of the name Jonathan and the book "'Jonathan Livingston Siegel, "'that Forever Living Products had the permission "'of the people who own the rights of the book "'for its extensive use of the Jonathan name.'" End quote. Plaintiffs also rely on the deposition testimony of William Lutke, a former FLP distributor who stated that he would expect FLP to get permission from Mr. Bach to use the image of the white gull on the blue background as the logo for FLP. Finally, plaintiffs point to the survey of expert Kenneth Hollander, in which it found that 35% of current, former or potential multi-level marketing distributors believe that FLP had permission from the owners of the rights of Jonathan Livingston Siegel for use of the marks. The lawsuit states that Jonathan Livingston Siegel is actually one of the most read books of all time. Now, I might be living under a rock because I have never heard of it. But again, just from a quick cursory search, it's obvious that the book is and was famous. I do have to say the cover is extremely familiar though. However, the point here is that if Forever Living distributors thought that the products were similar enough to warrant getting permission from Bach, then there's a case to be made for copyright. Whether or not you agree or don't is up to you, but I do understand why Bach would be upset because these seagulls do look pretty similar. This is why Forever Living's logo is now an eagle instead of a seagull though, which I think was the right call. As for even more legal battles, well, the next came in 2015 because of all the health claims Forever Living made in the UK. You think they might've learned from what happened in Hungary, but I guess not. However, this wasn't even the distributors making these claims, but the website itself. My source states, claims in two website ads for Forever Living products. A, claims on the website, www.foreverliving.com for the supplement Forever Therm stated, this carefully created formula contains a special combination of vitamins, including B6, B12, and C, which contributes to the reduction of tiredness and fatigue. Perfect for anyone who is interested in metabolism. B, the website, www.foreverfituk.co.uk featured images of three people under the heading, Success Stories. Clicking on the name of each person took users to a profile of that person, including before and after images and details of their before and after weight and waist measurements. Each profile stated that the person completed a 69-day program. These health claims were unauthorized by the EU register and therefore challenged. Forever Living argued back, insisting they didn't make weight loss claims for specific products, but they were told that the ads couldn't appear again in their current form. They were also told not to include health claims that refer to an amount of weight loss in future ads. In other words, Forever Living UK is on thin ice because you don't go around with waist measurements and then state, oh yeah, well, we didn't make specific claims about how much you'd lose. People can and potentially will make inferences. They're playing a dangerous game with the, well, technically we didn't do this in the hope that it doesn't come back to bite them. The ASA warned them, so their ball's in the court there. Maybe Forever Living will continue making itself look bad and eventually get themselves banned. We can only hope, I suppose. Thankfully, the US, and more specifically California, stepped up against Forever Living. Between 2011 and 2016, the Environmental Research Center, a California nonprofit organization, sued Forever Living multiple times for violation of Prop 65, otherwise known as the Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Exposure Act. If you search forever living on the superior court of California's website, you can see all the evidence there and there is a ton of it. I'm talking 353 entries for just one case. So if you wanna dive even deeper into this, I highly recommend going there. But for now, let's just go over a highlight, shall we? One source states, ERC's notice of violations and the complaint allege aloe vera has exposed and continues to expose persons in California who use or handle the covered products. Forever Living products Sonia 308, Sonia 309, and Sonia 310 to the chemical lead in excess of exposure levels allowed under proposition 65. All three of these products were makeup products and Forever Living was required to pay $25,000 in fines to the ERC and put warning labels on their packages if this was to continue. Apparently though, the products the ERC took issue with are no longer available in California. And some of the products said to contain lead were actually part of a detox program. So not only can detoxing products have more than the amount of lead that you're supposed to ingest, but I guess Forever Living would rather take these products off the shelves than deal with the issues. Says a lot about how they handle things, doesn't it? Now, although these are all the lawsuits that are widely mentioned and pretty easily found, they still aren't even the only ones out there because there's still more. In 2017, Arizona Central reported that a bitter dispute among octogenarian business partners could put one of Arizona's largest private companies into the legal limelight. The dispute centers around prices charged by a unit of Forever Living Products, a Scottsdale-based multi-level marketing business to its affiliated company in Japan that is owned by two Americans. The lawsuit also contends that the unit, Aloe Vera of America, engaged in smuggling and bribery of foreign customs officials and other infractions, although it doesn't cite any law enforcement investigations on those accounts. The lawsuit filed July 28th in Maricopa County Superior Court describes it as one of the largest privately held businesses in Arizona with more than 4,000 global employees, 9.3 million distributors, and annual revenue of more than $2.6 billion. Its founder and CEO, Rex Mohan, previously was listed among the wealthiest Arizonans by Forbes Magazine. Jeffrey Kirksmar, a Scottsdale attorney representing Forever Living and its employees in the matter, issued a statement rejecting allegations made by the plaintiffs, Gene Yamagata and Yamagata Holdings. These issues are already contested in a pending and confidential arbitration between Forever Living and Mr. Yamagata, and is disappointing, but not unexpected to see Mr. Yamagata repeat his false and heinous allegations in a public forum. Kirksmar said in a statement to The Republic. Rex Mahan, his company, and their employees have always conducted themselves in an ethical and honorable way. In over 40 years of business, their conduct has never been subject to these types of attacks, added Kirksmar. Adding that Mahan and Forever Living expect to be awarded damages and attorney fees when those claims are defeated. Of course, he's going to say that. He's Forever Living's lawyer, he's got to do that, you know, so he has to be biased. Still, it does amaze me that he states they've always been ethical when two countries have had serious issues with Forever Living's health claims and California recently went after them for lead in their products. Is that the standard of ethics for these days? (sighs) My, the bar has dropped. This case doesn't seem to be settled yet, so I can't say who's telling the truth and who's lying, and it would probably be dangerous for me to speculate on what happened. All I'm going to say is that if Forever Living did do this, I wouldn't be surprised. As for the other companies Rex owns, they're not much better either. We just saw what happened with Aloe Vera America, but even his resort company has its own share of issues. This particular lawsuit filed against them is incredibly messy because it's actually the Boy Scouts who sued Forever Resorts. And yeah, I did a double take too. I'm very obviously not a fan of the Boy Scouts, but I'm also not a fan of MLMs either. So this case really caught my eye when I first saw it. According to the case history, Cormilo and his son Bryce were on a Boy Scout outing at Lake Mead, Nevada in July, 2012, when Cormilo was run over and severely injured by the propeller of a powerboat driven by defendant Kenneth Williams, who was an employee of defendant Forever Living Resorts. At the time of the accident, the complaint alleges, Cormilo was swimming in a triangular safe swim zone he created by anchoring his boat about 50 yards away from two houseboats that were secured to the shore. The triangle formed by the boat was intended to provide notice to others in the area within the triangle was a designated swimming area. Plaintiffs assert claims for negligence and vicarious liability. Negligent entrustment, negligent hiring, supervision, instruction, and training, loss of consortium, and negligent infliction of emotional distress. I don't like the Boy Scouts as an organization, but my God, it also means you just can't run people over with boats, you know? Rex was not named as a defendant in the case. And it seemed like the case was eventually dismissed because Cormilo was suing the resorts and not the boat operator for being reckless. And I could be reading that wrong, but that's at least what it seems like what happened because there's lengthy documentation about why Rex shouldn't be involved in the case. There's been a few other minor issues people have had with the resort, such as fish management projects near the resorts, even when Rex or the resort itself isn't technically to blame. And honestly, I don't have too many issues with the resort itself, aside from the fact that they were built from the guy who just made it with MLM money. So let's get back to that MLM money. Do people actually make a living with Forever Living? Are the products worth it? Let's take a look. I decided to find some opinions from those who tried the products, not just from the anti-MLMers, but people that support the MLMs too. You know, that if an MLM supporter doesn't like an MLM, it's probably gonna be bad because they've got a bias for the company already. Let's take a look at one of those sources. A lot of consumers haven't seen much difference in Forever Living products versus their competitors, but everyone has different needs and wellness goals. Some of their products are also needlessly expensive, though aloe vera isn't that pricey to use. I am reviewing this company and will be giving you all the details you need to know about them. To start off with, aloe vera is definitely a popular plant, but some people have reported toxicity and bad effects of using too much of it. For example, if you're using multiple products with aloe vera in them, this might not be the best choice for your health. One issue that all distributors have is that it's really tough to start out in this company. About 95% of the people who join actually end up failing just in their first year. And because the failure rate is so high, a lot of people have started to see this company as a scam, but it's not. I will go into the different factors for failure further below. As of now, around 95% of distributors and associates are still struggling and cannot meet the minimum sales requirements. These are people who are working on constant recruitment and asking more and more people to join up. Even though Forever Living does have a lot of failure and setbacks awaiting, the right kind of person can earn it if they want to. It may not be the ideal way to make money and there are definitely better ways out there." And remember, this review came from someone who supports MLMs and his website kind of looks a little bit scammy, but even when someone who's kind of scammy looking and sounding and is into MLMs is not defending your products or your methodology, that's probably not looking so good for you. Now this guy states under no uncertain terms that only 5% of people last more than a year, but that it's not a scam. So by definition, that kind of is a scam. Like if you're doomed to fail, but you have to put money into this and then you still fail, like, I'm sorry, but that's like classic scam shit. But again, even someone that's trying to find the positive in this company can't deny that apparently 95% of people fail in the first year. This has to be one of the worst rates I've seen for an MLM in some time, because not only does that mean that they've got a ridiculously high turnover rate and most people can't make money with it, but that it means people are probably losing a lot of money too. Another source I've used to talk about MLMs in the past, a site called One More Cup of Coffee, states that Forever Living fails to mention the side effect of ingesting aloe pulp, which is diarrhea. Maybe that's why people are losing weight, she suggests, adding. One notable aspect is that Forever Living uses case credits as a way to measure individual performance. For American distributors, one case credit represents $214 of sales. The case credit model is a little annoying. It makes it easier to lose track of the amount you are spending versus earning. Even so, the idea has advantages as it makes international sales less complicated. This is an important point as Forever Living is one of the few MLMs that allows you to sell to an international audience. If you want to earn from your team, staying active in the company is essential. With Forever Living, you need to have four active case credits in your home country. One of those case credits needs to be a personal case credit. In other words, you need at least one case credit in your own sales or purchases each month. That doesn't sound too bad until we remember that each case credit totals $214 of sales. So four case credits represents more than $800 of sales and or purchases, that's a lot. You also need to hit the requirements for whatever rank you happen to be on. If you don't meet the active requirements in any month, you lose out on some of your team bonuses. These get passed up to the next active distributor in your upline. Hitting these requirements consistently would be pretty tough and that's only part of your goal. You're also trying to create a successful team. As part of doing so, it's important that your team members are making money and stay with the company. Requirements that are difficult to meet will decrease the odds of this occurring. Even though a few case credits may not sound like a lot, when this is actually suggesting you need to sell $800 worth of product, it kind of puts things in perspective. I know that distributors say that the products sell themselves and they can sell 25 bags of those powder packs in a month to easily meet that goal. For the first month, maybe you can, drawing in initially your friends and family, but once they bought from you, are they really gonna be steady customers that continue to buy every single month? There's just no guarantee of that, especially when a lot of the products are kind of just overpriced, like mentioned earlier. Although I have not been able to find their income disclosure, other sources state that almost 90% of distributors receive no or very little compensation from Forever Living. Then another 7% earn an average of $105 a month and a whopping 0.2% earned an average of $28,000 a month. Monthly, that is an incredible income, but that's a fifth of a percent. The vast majority of sellers earned nothing or around $1,000 a year. These figures also include MLM bonuses and travel incentives, things of that nature. Even the forever business owners or FBOs aren't making nearly as much as you'd think. This source states, "'We know from FBOs themselves "'that their main focus isn't selling retail. "'Even FBOs who achieve chairman's bonus level "'don't appear to be making much money from retail sales.'" Here's what the UK's number three FBO said in a training video. I have nine regular customers, but each one of those customers spends over 120 pounds a month. Assuming this is true, some Forever Living reps have been shown to lie and others have admitted being told to fake it until you make it. This means that her retail sales total around $1,080 a month. The maximum commission you can earn on your own sales with Forever Living is 43%. This means this FBO earns a maximum of just $464.40 a month in commission. And remember, she's the number three FBO in the UK. If a top well-established FBO earns only 464 pounds a month on retail sales, and remember this isn't profit as business expenses will be needed to be deducted, how can a lowly ranking FBO expect to earn much more? Indeed, we wouldn't be surprised if, as happens with other MLMs, some FBOs purchase as much of the CCs as they need to remain active or achieve a promotion or bonus or maintain the rank themselves. So what does this mean? This means the bulk earnings come from the downline, bringing other people into the business. You know, like what a pyramid scheme does. This is just further evidence as if we needed it that Forever Living has some extremely sketchy means of operation. Some of the reviews about Forever Living reflect that and state how they're overcharged for, as salespeople, they give away brochures and they have to pay only if no orders as a result. Like weird shit. Some say the products are absolutely worth it. Others say team members are extremely unprofessional. There's some arguments on Trustpilot about the toothpaste not containing fluoride and the top reviews as usual sound like they're written by the employees, not customers. Though, I guess one could also argue that the employees and customers are essentially the same for most MLMs, but I digress. All in all, the reviews are incredibly mixed. I'd say, obviously, you know, you could make up your own mind from here because I simply just, I don't have anything positive to say, but ultimately it's up to you at the end of the day and what you choose to believe or not believe, I just present my findings and things that have been researched. So with that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure that you are liking, following, subscribing on whatever platform you're hearing this so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes as they come out. Thank you again, and I'll see you in the next one.